I'm so hungry for lunch. Joe, okay. so whatever you do, don't get hangry in the epi- in the in the intro to this we episode. We gotta make this quick. <laughs> you angel moms out there, all of you warrior angel moms out there, you're listening to Angel Talk, Reflections of an Ambitious Angel Mom. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the executive director of Raise for Rowan. We are the organization that helps families suffering through the loss of a child with funeral cost assistance and emotional support. I am joined by, as always, the ambitious angel mom herself. Say hello to the people, Bryn. Hello, everybody, fellow warrior mamas, and yeah. our warrior daddies, though. I, I didn't want yeah. to forget that. Good point. Yeah, we've good got point. our warrior daddies, too. But, <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, yeah, well, the reason why I bring up the warrior concept is because we yes. are we have a podcast today with the lady who coined the term uh, warrior mama. That is Tracy Carley. You may have known her from a couple a couple podcasts ago. Yeah. Well, one of our first ones, right? Right. Right out yeah, of the gate. Yeah, she was right out of the gate. Our most downloaded Yes. Podcast, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, we have Tracy Carley on the show. We interviewed her. Uh, we interviewed her a couple days ago. So we're going to cut to that interview with Tracy. And she is here to talk uh, to us about the concept of grieving for your angel while they're still here mm-hmm. and sort of the deeper feelings that come with that. It was yeah. really a profound interview about, man, how deep it gets as you're dealing with not only care. Like giving care, but then also you're having to deal with this inevitability. It was really, really interesting. It's very interesting, especially since uh, it's so different than my journey and my story. So it was really cool to listen to uh, Tracy's, just how she relates to grief and things that she was experiencing before her daughter actually passed away. But yeah, really, really awesome stuff. Yeah, you guys have such, it almost is like a completely different Completely different journey Ex- yeah, and experience. Yeah, different journey. I mean, so, and there are commonalities, of course, but it was very much mm-hmm. like you guys went through completely different experiences. I feel like when she ever is here, we learn a lot from her. She yeah. has a big journey to share. Yeah. Well, she's a heck of a teacher. Yes, and she you'll, is. And you'll, you'll hear it. She's sort of naturally good mm-hmm. at being able to to educate and teach. You can You can sense it. Right away, the minute you talk to her, she has she has some old soul wisdom that she was able to gather sure. from the passing of 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 her angel. She she reminds us of the story because she has actually come on the show as we said before, mm-hmm. and that was one of one of my personal favorite episodes. It was called "Things We Say to Each Other." That was the episode where we talked a little bit about how folks who haven't lost a child interact with uh, with those who have, and I have to say. It's been, I don't know, like five months since that interview. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have learned a ton in <laughs> right. that time, right? Like, yeah. it's crazy. I told you, Tracy, you teach us something every time yeah. you're here. Yeah. And so you definitely, that episode helped me a ton because yeah. it definitely was a way of being able to even have these conversations live on the podcast mm-hmm. uh, and know what to be, what to say and what sort of landmines to avoid and, and how not to sound like you're, you have good intentions, but you say something wrong and and those sort of things. It was really clarifying. This is the same way I felt like as we were listening to her talk about caregiving and about the focus that she had to have and, and how she, she was battling feelings of impending grief, but then also had to table it so that she could, 
she, she could, didn't really have time to focus on yeah, it. Yeah. It was really just, it was just deep conversation. She was in survival mode. Yeah. And uh, that is a great word for, for anyone who has lost a child, mm -hmm. but certainly for people who have, who lose a child with either a terminal illness that where the child stays for a while here on earth right. or, or an accident as in the case of, of Tracy, um, the absolute like just deep strength that is right. the muscles they find. She that is I could the definition find. of a warrior. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. So cool. We were really super excited to have her back mm -hmm. on and talking about, um, this very interesting subject. So I know a lot of folks have gone through this. We're not going to take up too much of more of your time. We're going to toss to the interview because it's a really deep interview with a lot of different avenues we go. And so we're just going to go ahead and toss it to Tracy right now. Yep. Okay, so we are here with, I believe this is like our second recurring guest of all time. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Jim was our, was our first recurring guest. And now, Tracy Carley, you are our second recurring guest for good reason. Number one downloaded podcast in all of Angel Talk. Congratulations and welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. That's very flattering. <laughs> Pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah, it's right? fun to look at the numbers. I know. And, uh, people really liked what you had to say. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I think there was a lot of angel warrior moms out there. That was the that was mm. the big one. That was the big one. And I say that now. Yeah, really? I use that term because I heard it from you, and it stuck with me. I'm like, that yeah. is, we are like warriors. Yeah, you know? we are. very cool. Yes. Very cool. So thank you for sharing the light on that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Tracy, we have you here because for for another for another topic because you have one you have we're going to talk about a topic that's very interesting, which is the process of grieving for someone who may not have yet passed, but is in the sort of act of passing. And that sounds weird at the face of it, but really there's a ton of folks who go through something like this. They, they have a child who has cancer or a family member who has cancer or even Alzheimer's in the case of, of, of grandparents or parents. Mm -hmm. And you watch this sort of deterior physical deterioration over time, and you're dealing with the physical sort of stuff that you have to deal with with the, to help to help those family members but then you're also dealing with the emotions of of grief. So this is a really interesting one and then we're going to pivot a little bit in the second half and talk about how you parent out of that. So I think these are this is this is a really good this is a really good mm -hmm. topic. So to start Tracy, you have been here before, but there are people who may not know your story. So can you uh, talk about your angel and share a little bit about your story of loss. I would love to. Thank you. Um, my angel's name is Heather, Heather Ann Marie. And um, we live in Rainier, just right down nice. the street from each other. And um, we've been in, a member of the Rainier community since 1992. And so we became really embedded in the community. I did, and, and my kids did as well. And Miss Heather, boy, what um, what a light like your little mm -hmm. daughter, um, oh, Rowan. You. My goodness. Um, she was quite a handful as a young lady. Um, mm -hmm. And I could really tell that she was going to be someone when she grew up because mm -hmm. she was just very um, tumultuous and spunky and spontaneous <laughs> yeah, and yeah. funny and outgoing. And um, she um, her accident happened. Um, in 2007, and she was a senior here at Rainier High School, mm. and we were getting ready for the um, 
Rainier Education Foundation auction. Mm. So we have an auction every year that we hold for our seniors. And my daughter was a senior. And um, we had actually, interesting enough, the week before um, her accident, we had spent we had spent a lot of quality time together, oh. um, which looking back now was just really a gift. Mm. I just talked That's about this so the funny. other day. You said the same thing really? the last podcast. Yeah, I did. I just talked about Really? That. It yeah. was just really interesting when you look back at what we did together. Um, I was thankful, number yeah. one, that yeah. I had those opportunities in that time. And, you know, unfortunately, it was a day like today, rainy, stormy, icky, and Miss Heather was driving her car and she had just uh, purchased, not purchased, excuse me. She had just um, received her driver's license and she had had her driver's license for 15 days. But, you know, she had been a driver since she was 11 because her dad taught her how to drive a stick around her property. And (laughs) I felt really confident, but her brother um, likes to poke at me nowadays and say, you know, mom, she wasn't a good driver. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I thought she was. <laughs> so it, that's neither here nor there. But my daughter, I think, made a, a mistake that I think all of us have made some point in our life as adults, and she trusted a blinker. And somebody was coming down the highway. She had come home um, at lunch, got permission from a teacher to come home and grab something for the auction, which they told her she didn't really need to go home and get. Mm. But because she had wheels, she yeah. wanted to go home, yeah. get it, yeah. and come back. And she was on her way back, and um, I, I nobody was in the vehicle with her, and I'm thankful for that because her best friend almost went with her. Mm. So we might have had a different outcome or no outcome at all. Um, but um, I believe that she looked left and saw the vehicle coming and saw the blinker and made an assumption. Mm-hmm. I believe she looked right, and maybe she just didn't make that second left like we all know we're supposed to make. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she literally pulled out right in front of her classmate. Mm. It was one of her classmates that were driving down the highway. And that was the moment there that really changed um, our life forever, obviously. Um, Her car accident was very severe. Uh, Mrs. Shaw, the principal of Rainier High School, called me. I owned Advantage Collision Center at the time. Mm-hmm. In, in in Yelm. And I remember thinking, oh, great. I'm going to have to fix somebody's car. I'm yeah. going to have to fix her car. Well, good thing I own an auto body shop is what I was telling myself. Yeah. And then she said, no, it's pretty serious. And I think you need to get there. And so hung up the phone, hollered at my team and said, I got to go. This is what's going on. And on the way driving um, down 507 towards Tenino, mm-hmm. towards Rainier, um, I got a call from the fire chief, Rita mm. Hutchinson. Both Heather and I were on the fire department. Mm. I was a volunteer firefighter, EMT, and I also taught preschool fire safety, which wow. was just a gift for me. And Heather was also a volunteer as well and in the office. Mm-hmm. And so I started heading towards the scene, not really knowing what to expect. And Rita called and she says, where are you going? And I said, well, I'm going to the scene. And she says, I need you to turn around. Mm. And I um, boldly said, I'm not turning around to the chief of the fire station. <laughs> and I was like, I don't, that's not my norm. But I said, I'm, not, I'm going to the scene. And Rita said, I need you to turn around and I need you to come to the water tower at the Yelm Park. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And mm-hmm. she's like, uh, air flight's coming. And Heather wow. needs to go to Harborview. 
And that's when, whew, I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. I haven't I have talked about this for a while. Too. Sorry. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's when I was like, okay, this is not just a normal little accident. And it's when I turned around, flipped a Yui right in the middle of the uh, highway, zipped over to um, the landing zone, and there was, you know, my Thurston County fire team mm-hmm. all lined up ready to receive the helicopter and the, the um, everything was getting in place for her to be airlifted away. And it was just a really, as you can imagine, a, an incredible emotional moment mm-hmm. seeing not only... Um, my chief, but my coworkers, that once they realized it was me and that it yeah. was Heather, I mean, it was just instant emotion on their face. Nobody yeah. could hold it back. Yeah. So they didn't know it was Heather at the time. I don't believe so. Wow. No. And then when they saw me and they saw Rita hug me and they were like, oh, my gosh, it's one of ours. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Um, and apparently I didn't realize this, but it had came across as being um, one of when 911 was called, they were notified that it was a member of the fire department because one of the young ladies was a Rainier student that was doing a drive along with the police officer who was the first person on the scene. Mm. So oh, one wow. of Heather's classmates was with the police officer and I don't believe she got out of the vehicle. And I'm thankful because nobody needed to see right. what was happening there. But it got, um, it was spread around quickly that it was somebody on the fire department that was injured. And that's how the 911 call came out. And I didn't know they had a special code for that. I didn't know oh. that until years later, actually. Oh. Wow. So they knew it was somebody that they were familiar with, but they just didn't know who. And as the paramedic came out when the ambulance came and he came out and he saw me, he it was just he just started crying as he was telling me about my daughter. It was just yeah. very touching how emotionally um connected and how this event affected everybody which i guess it's it's easy to understand but in the midst of everything you don't expect that emotion right because everybody's in because they normally have their armor on like their work armor you know what i mean we've talked about that with our law enforcement officers and our emts and you know they wear a different hat when they're on duty you know versus normal life so i think when they're on duty and on work mode you don't see that right. i think you're right and that's what really surprised mm-hmm. me and i really like the way you explained that they had they didn't have their armor on mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> it touched me in a lot of different ways and he was like well do you want to see her she's not she we've intentionally put her in a coma and i'm like well yeah i want to see her and and um, I didn't get a lot of moments with her the helicopter was there they were ready to take her to harborview and I got to to see her, however, and to look at her, there was nothing wrong. Mm. She had no blood. Mm -hmm. She had no disfigurement. She had no trauma. Everything was inside. Mm. So um, all of her damage was inside. And um, I just remember looking at her going, oh, my gosh, she looks so beautiful. And she wasn't even intubated at that time, I believe. But um, when they got her um, on the helicopter, it only took her 10 minutes to get to Harborview, which is just wow. amazing. Yeah. I don't think wow. we realize how fortunate we are to yeah. have that level one trauma center right in our backyard. Yeah, that's okay. pretty amazing. She died twice. Wow. But her work wasn't done on the planet. Yeah. And wow. that's just um, why we're connected, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because our angels have brought us together to um, take our grief and... Um, take it from a place of love and continue to educate and share mm-hmm. what we have to share with people. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So my little angel was in a coma for 30 days in Harborview. That was really a lot. That was intense. 
Yeah, that's like a grieving period in itself. I'm right. sure. I, I'm not sure that I even was there yet. I think you're oh. in so much of shock still. Yeah, yeah. D- shock, denial. Mm-hmm. Um, Did you find yourself during that time? Uh, clinging on to any little sign of improvement, because I think that that's one thing I have heard when when uh, when you have somebody who has, say, an aneurysm, like my, my, my brother, for example, he, he had an aneurysm and he was in the hospital for two, three weeks, and you're looking for these little signs that, like, there's improvement there. Were you oh, man. doing that quite any a bit? Any kind of hope. Oh, man, you're always looking mm-hmm. for hope. Yeah. yeah. You better believe it. And we did get little positive signs. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Um and I was never, somebody actually asked me this recently, you know, um, and we've talked about how people ask questions and mm-hmm. their intentions are nice, but they, the questions come out. They step on themselves. In a very yeah. weird, it's like, yeah. hmm, well, that's an interesting thing to think about. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But they, um, they asked why I didn't pull the plug. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> I was like, well, okay. that's oh, a really boy. good question. I was never given that option mm. because Heather was progressing and healing enough um, in her situation that I was never offered that opportunity mm-hmm. to um, pull the plug, well. which is such a really odd thing to think about. Yeah. Um, I remember this very well in the hospital. I remember just giving her to the Lord. I'm a God-fearing woman, Mm -hmm. and I just remember saying, okay, Lord, you know what's best here. I have to give you my daughter because there's nothing I can do right now except Mm. pray and have a positive mindset and and, um, have faith. And um, I said, if you choose to leave her on this planet, please just give her some quality. Mm. You know, just give her some quality of life. Mm. Mm. And thankfully, he did. Mm. He did. Because she was here for nine years, almost nine years. She left on, uh, we've talked about this, she left on March 4th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She marched forth. Yeah, yeah. That's Which right. to me is just Very a sign cool. that it was the perfect time. Um And uh, she did have a quality of life. And so I was very thankful that, unlike other people, I had that extra nine years of life. But what I've come to realize is it was filled with grief that I wasn't even aware of. It was filled with choices that um, I didn't even understand until after she passed away that I was dealing with all of these weird, different emotions. Grief is quite a journey, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It is um, the price of love, which we've talked about. Grief is definitely the price of love. And, you know, um, when you hear people talk about, well, you you should be getting over this now or moving on or moving through. It's like, well, wait a minute. You never move on from love. Love yeah. is the only thing yeah. that's real. Yeah. And it's in your heart forever. Ever. Once you love, especially a child, you love your child forever. Yes. Till the day we go. Mm-hmm. You and know? get to see them again. Yes, and get to see them again. But yes. it's not like you would ever stop loving your child. No. Whether they're here physically or not. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Now you have, th- this is where I think, people can can get a lot from from even your personal experience because there's a lot of people who who you know when their their child turns a certain age starts to get sick and then they battle cancer they battle something like that and they have that 
They have that constant, like you said, it's almost like there's there's a regular line, regular life where everything's normal. Then there's this second line where you have to almost go through the grieving process in a strange way on a day-to-day basis. Um, how was that process for you while she was, while Heather was still here? Now that you look back on it, were you um, dealing with feelings that were almost like grief-like in their nature while she was even still here? Were you preparing while she was here almost? That's a really great question. And I think I thought I was. Mm. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I feel like looking back, first of all, everything in my life prepared me to take care of my daughter. Yeah. Didn't even know this was going to happen, right? Yeah. But everything I've done, being EMT. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. Working in the emergency room at Tacoma General for 20 years. And having a mom that was a nurse. Yeah. Wow. And um, just all of these really interesting pieces that came to be really valuable when Heather was on the planet. Because I wasn't afraid of anything. Yeah. And especially when it's your child. You are not, I wasn't afraid of anything. I was open-minded, willing to try, willing to be open. We did some really out-of-the-box therapies Mm. to try to assist her on the planet and, and encourage her quality of life. So I think in a way, yes, there was a level that I was preparing um and trying to process that grief but when i look back now i was i think in a sense ignoring it (laughs) Uh because life was so um wrapped and involved around her and taking care of her and i had eight ladies to manage and i had a job and i had all of these other entities that i think what really did suffer was my self-care and i i've really Um, come to learn that it is really hard to support someone at that level of care and balance yourself at the same time. Oh, I bet. And it was easier for me to take care of everybody else and not actually give the attention that I needed to my, for myself. And oftentimes I felt guilty Mm. because here I am going off and doing something and there's my daughter laying in that bed. And I remember guilt just really being a big piece until one day my daughter really gave me the gift of knowing that it was okay for me to leave. Uh-huh. I was getting ready to, I think, go on, on vacation. And actually, um, a, I can't remember exactly where I was going, but I was leaving for a chunk of time, and it was the first time that I actually taken the time to leave for that long. And I remember Heather very vividly smiling at me and lifting up her yes hand saying, mom, you go have a good time. We're going to be just fine. And it was with her number. uh, Well, she had some very favorite caregivers. And um, I know that her and Jody had a really special bond. And it was um, with Jody, and you know, Jody's like Heather, because I was like, okay, girls, there's no parties, there's no boys <laughs> over, and you know, Heather's hand yeah, and her yeah, eyes are twinkling yeah. and she's smiling, and Jody's going, don't listen to your mom, <laughs> because we're gonna have fun while your mom's gone. Yeah. And yeah. I could just see that connection with them, and I could just see her literally giving me permission, and that yeah. really relieved my heart. Oh, yeah. Um, to know that uh, it, it allowed that guilt to go away, right. because guilt is unresolved wisdom. But we don't mm-hmm. always have that wisdom at that moment when we're feeling that guilt. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. it took me a while to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> so uh, mm. there. So one of the things that I that I find interesting uh, having both of you here in the room 
is you both lost your angels on a very different timeline. Mm-hmm. So for for Bryn, yours was it was sudden. Like it, you you had Rome mm-hmm. one day, and then the next day you did not. So you all the feelings were crashing into mm-hmm. you, whereas you maybe had some time to be able to process some of the feelings. So it didn't feel as much of a jolt. Can you guys talk about some of the differences in how you went through those emotions, how you experienced your angels passing specifically? How about we start with you, Bryn? Like, how long did it take you to kind of get your feet to where you could even realize you were suffering through all these emotions at the same time? You know, I think when I was trying to wrap my head around this, probably what would be similar and what would be different for my feelings and Tracy's. Um, I'm sure we both experienced the same feelings and the same emotions and the different, you know, symptoms and signs of grieving, mm-hmm. but I'm sure hers was just a longer drawn out process than mine. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm just trying to, in my mind, wrap my head around her situation, yeah. which I can't because our situations are so different but I'm sure we had so many similarities along the way of how we felt. And um, I think the only, the only people I can ever relate to in those situations are other, you know, mothers and fathers that have lost their child. Yeah. I'm like, Hey, you know how I feel right? and I know how you feel, but our situations are still so different. Right. So nobody can ever imagine that situation. But um, for me, yeah, I mean, it was literally a split, a split second. I mean, I went from that morning being a perfect yeah. regular Everything's Tuesday morning at, you know, 8 a.m. getting my son off, getting ready for preschool and, you know, snap of a finger, done. Yeah. Um, And I remember, uh, Tracy, when you said you you gave her to the Lord, um, I I had to do that, too. But I fought that. Like, so when the EMTs were um, and the first responders were at my house working on Rowan, when I held her, I internally knew she was gone because mm-hmm. I could tell she was gone. Yeah. But you're not going to accept that. You're not going to accept that. You want a miracle. So I was crying and I was pleading to God, like, you have to work a miracle. Like, yeah. if, if anybody's going to do it, you can, God. Like, you yeah. you bring her back to me, you know. But then in the back of my mind, I'm fearful of brain damage or, you know, if she if they do revive her, is what's, life what's gonna be like? her life going to be like? And, I, you know, in... All of that chaoticness of the um, event, I I really just, I was praying to God to work a miracle, but I was like, I can't have a child that is brain damaged or mm. something like that. I don't think I could mentally handle that. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard for me to grasp because that is so hard for me to even imagine. So, right. um, so again, it's like yeah. our experiences are so different. We've experienced different, you know, I yeah. guess yeah, scenarios so, of pain. Yeah, so of, I don't know. I yeah. think that they're similar, but obviously everybody's story right. and everybody's journey is so different. But I mean, I think so relatable. But yeah, yeah and there's not, you know, we, we've talked about this in the past, but it's not just a straight, straight line. Straight or line. Or linearly of, of, handling. Yeah, it is yeah. definitely a roller coaster. You're all over the place. Mm-hmm. You're in shock. You're in denial. Then yeah. you're, you know, you're all over the place. Right. And then you still go back to shock and denial yeah. even months later when you think you're out of it. At least that's how my experience was where, you know, even a year later when I started to kind of be like, wow, this is my real life. This is life Are now, you yeah. kidding yeah. me? Yeah. And I was starting to really process it. And like, you have to almost start to accept it at some point that right. this is real life. 
I would almost go revert back to denial again and be like, no, it isn't. Yeah. You know, like there's no way this is my life now. I, I can't accept this. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's all over the board. Well, you, for everybody, there's, there's, (laughs) yeah, there's two things that I think both of you have, and I'd like to hear how you dealt with it. But the big thing that Bryn, we've talked about multiple times Mm -hmm. is the haze that happened afterwards. Mm -hmm. The sort of like, I didn't know what was real. I didn't know, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, everything is just all, it's blurry. It's fast Mm -hmm. and everything. Did you feel that, you know, after Heather's accident and during the time you cared for her, was that something you felt right away? Just like Bryn, where the accident happens and the world is swirling and there's, hey, it's hazy and you're trying to go through all that sort of stuff. I think because our situations were different and yours stopped and mine was still ongoing. You had to take like be I jumped, I jumped into EMT mode. Okay. Yeah. I jumped into that mommy mode of, and you know, working in, that's why I'm saying working in the emergency room really gave me a lot of tools. I remember yeah. when we first walked into Harborview, I was rattling questions off to that nurse who was handling Heather, who just yeah. got out of surgery. She was in trauma ICU. This woman was an angel. Aww. And she just looks over into her shoulder and she's like, just a minute. I'll be right with you. Hold on. Yeah. You have really good questions because yeah. I'm, I'm a woman that needs to know. Yeah. And so uh, there's my daughter and I need to know right now. <clears throat> Tell me what's going on. You know, and and so I really jumped into that medical mode mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is where I feel I was. And yes, all of the those emotions on that roller coaster, I think were going on as well. But I kind of focused on. You still had a job to do. I did. Mm-hmm. Oh, and yeah. That's, that's interesting. An interesting yeah. way that's interesting. to say it. Yeah. I still had a job to do. Yeah. And I think that when you're focused at that level, it's hard to deal with your own grief. Mm-hmm. And I know there were moments when I was hazy and and in uh, denial and disbelief and um, guilt and, oh, all of those crazy emotions. But I had to focus on this medical piece. Yeah. And, um, and also, not only focusing on the medical piece, but but managing everyone else around me. Grief, you know, and that's one of the things, you know, my son, you know, who lost his dad five years before. Mm. Here is his sister now who, um, you know, they're only 16 months apart. And um, I had a hard time. And I look looking back at the loss of my husband as well. I had a hard time managing my grief mm. because I was busy managing everybody <laughs> yeah, else's. Yeah. 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 And uh, if I was able to look back and change one thing, that would be one thing I would change is the knowledge and the awareness that I have the right to kind of process me first and not be that caregiver that's trying to take care of everybody else. Yeah. yeah. What I also find interesting though, the second concept I find interesting is the concept of guilt, which we're talking about in this podcast as well how both of you have felt guilt about letting go, quote unquote, and trying to and trying to manage your life. But you felt guilt while she was still around. Oh, man. And you felt guilt that she was up in heaven and you were afraid that she was going to be disappointed that you were almost trying to move through life and have fun. Can you guys talk a little bit about that? Like your your guilt seemed to be while she was alive. For sure. And for you, it was more this idea that, like, she's up there and she's going to be disappointed that I'm moving on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I find that really interesting. Mm. Yeah. I'll start with 
I'm to a place now where I've gotten over that. Yeah. But it took some time, you know, because mm-hmm. I think when throughout the healing process, when I was starting to have good days again, yeah. um, I would feel guilty because I didn't want Rowan to be looking down on me thinking, oh, she's getting over it. Yeah, how she's dare getting you over move me. on or whatever, yeah. Um, and so I, it took me a long time to realize that was me internalizing that. That's not how she truly feels. Yeah. She wants nothing more than to see her mom happy down here, yeah. living a full life and being present with my children that are here and, yes. you know, living a happy full life. But yeah. I couldn't grasp that for a long time because yeah. I, I did feel guilty of like, oh my gosh, how could you even laugh or smile today? Like you lost your daughter. Yeah. You know, so you, I, I think I internalized that as yeah, feeling yeah, it guilty. wasn't something that actually mm-hmm. existed. It was yeah. you, you, and I've heard that from that. other people as well. So yeah. I do think that's kind of a normal grief symptom, I'll say. But um, it sounds like the same for you, Tracy. It was something, and you, you ended up being able to get the validation from Heather that it was okay. Yes, I yeah. did. But I up until that. then, you were probably really tying yourself in knots. Oh, quite a bit. absolutely. Um, my caregivers, at least looking back now, I was a helicopter mom. Oh, I yeah, you know, I would be too. It was really hard yeah. to, um, well, you know how it is if you have a baby and giving that baby to someone for the first time mm-hmm. to have, go babysitting uh-huh. so that you can have a break or whatever. I mean, it's like, no, it's mine. You, you, we're going to do it this way, this way. And, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so there definitely was a lot of guilt. You know, mm-hmm. am I making the right choices with her health care? Am I doing the right thing? Um, I remember within the first year of her coming home, um, she had a really severe pneumonia. And um, our very first visit to the hospital after coming home, it was like maybe February, January, February. The first thing that doctor wanted to do was retrach her Mm. um, because he was just sure that she was going to um, continue down this path of worsening pneumonias because of her airway issue. And she worked really hard to get that trach out. And I told that doctor, no, we are not going to retrach her. We're not going backwards here. And he was mad. (laughs) And he (laughs) tried to make me feel guilty for Mm. making a decision that he felt wasn't the best for my daughter. Well, my daughter lived eight years after that without a trach. Wow. And okay, so I could have made the decision to trach her, but it would have been uncomfortable. It would have prolonged her life on the planet, but that wasn't my goal. Yeah. My goal wasn't to prolong her life. I wanted her to be here until she decided she was ready to go. And Mm. she made the decision to leave Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, when we had to go back to the hospital because, and this was in, in 2016, um, her lung had collapsed, and um, my beautiful uh, number one daughter and I, Heather Heather Rose, is my um, my bonus daughter in law. Oh, and she huh. was with me at the hospital, and so um, I'm very thankful for her being there because I didn't have to make this decision, and I have a witness to this decision. But yeah. we literally right there gave Heather the choice: Do you want to come home, or do you want to stay in the hospital? and get better. And she chose to go home. 
So she knew exactly what that meant. Mm. Yeah. And it was really a gift for me that I didn't have to make that decision. Yeah. yeah. No she kidding. made that decision. That's very cool. And um, so as far as guilt while she was on the planet, there was a lot of guilt yeah. while she was on the planet, just questioning if I'm doing the right thing and mm-hmm. should I have done what that doctor said? Or, you know, and as a mom, we do the best we can with right. what we have. Mm-hmm. And looking back now, you know, if my daughter would have been in a nursing home, yeah. she wouldn't have lasted nine years. Right. Never. Right. Never. She would have been miserable probably. Yeah. Well, right. she would have she would have passed because mm-hmm. they couldn't give her the level of attention she needed yeah. like she got at home. Yeah. And, you know, out of both of the losses of our beautiful mm-hmm. angels has come a beautiful gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What we're doing here, educating yeah. other people. And what I do in Heather's honor, I educate caregivers so yeah. that people can learn how to take care of our unique humans that need support with wow. dignity, independence, and respect. And I would not be in the position I am right now if it wasn't for this yeah. horrible accident, mm. and neither would you. Mm-hmm. So I just love the way that our stories have um, our grief um, manifest itself as love that can yeah. be shared with other people. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Mm. All right. So the last time we had Tracy on, you did uh, what we like to affectionately call the nerd corner where you gave a book recommendation. We didn't want you to have to come back and do the same thing over again. So instead, we're very excited because we're going to have you give a sissy sign from your angel. Can you give us your sissy sign? I sure can. Um, and what I love about the way, you know, sissy signs, it's it's lodged in my brain now. It's, it's just something Good. that I always I think it. about. It's really beautiful. And um, when I can be present, it's amazing. Present means right here, right now. Yeah. Not worried about anything. It is amazing what can come. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, doing the atypical woman thing, standing at the kitchen saying, washing dishes. Okay, <laughs> boy, that's really glamorous, isn't yeah. it? And out of the corner of my eye, I caught a dragonfly that zipped by. And dragonfly in Native culture um, means it's a soul of someone who's passed. Oh, oh wow. I, didn't I didn't know that. that. Yes. And so I have kind of a dragonfly oh, thing going on. And so I saw the dragonfly go by and I went, wow, that's really cool. Uh, who was that? You know, was that Heather? Was that Chet? You know, who was that dragonfly? And I was just sitting there for a moment thinking about it. Well, that little rascal turned around, came right up to the kitchen window, and stared at me for about 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, wow. my god! Just sat there and fluttered its wings really quickly. And I was just like, I mean, I couldn't even say anything. I was like, you came back. Did you hear me? The window's closed. Did you hear what I just said? And it was just like, okay, darling. All right. I know you're a free soul and you're, you're zipping around wherever you want to. And if that's you, I thank you for checking in with me. And that's just how I just took that because the minute I was thinking, Hmm, who is that? I saw that dragonfly take a U-turn and come right I mean, literally, eye level, yeah. right in front of the window. Looking at you. Yeah. Yes, oh just staring God. at me. And you know, wh- one of the things I like about sissy signs is it's really um, up to the perceiver, right? Yes, it's, right. It's, um, it's the feeling that you feel. Yep. That's right. From and your y'all message. listening yeah. can think I'm crazy. Yeah. I don't care <laughs> because it's just that it brought me joy. It brought me connection, yeah. and that's really what those sissy signs are all yep. about, aren't mm-hmm. they? Yep, for so sure. That, and that just happened two days ago. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So cool. So you saw a dragonfly when the weather's changed like this. That's also kind of unheard of. Pretty because cool. It was not raining. 
Oh, good. When that, when I saw that yeah. moment, actually there was sun out. Oh, cool. um, so because when the sun comes out, I have a rainbow maker uh-huh. and rainbows shoot around oh, my cool. house. And to me, that's my other sissy sign. Mm-hmm. I love um, it. Because rainbows let me know Heather's still still present. So yeah. kind of had a double shot there with the rainbows yeah. and the dragonfly. Yeah, the dragonfly. It was really neat. Wow. I'd love sissy signs. I love them. Well, I wasn't even going to share the <laughs> sissy sign because it oh, has You a, have one. Well, yeah, because okay. she triggered oh, a sissy okay. sign for Perfect. me okay. because um, the dragonfly brought it up, but I haven't experienced the dragonfly for quite a while. But um, when Rowan was here, we would go out on my father's pontoon boat, which mm-hmm. he still has. And um, but she loved the pontoon boat like she kind of grew up her whole little life where we were either fishing or if it was a summertime. I mean, she was. She'd been on a boat when she was just a couple months old. We had her in a car seat sitting on the boat. Yeah. Anyway, after she passed away, um, we were on the pontoon boat, and I was obviously with my son, Wyatt, and he was afraid to jump off, so I jumped in the water with him in the lake. We were just out here on um, Offutt Lake because uh-huh. we stay pretty local. And w- as we're you know floating in the water, this blue turquoise-ish, dragonfly zooms over and yeah. it's like literally hovering over me and Wyatt and he points to it and he goes, mom, mom, look at that blue, you know, dragonfly. And he's yeah. pointing it out and I'm like, yeah, that's pretty cool. And we were in the water for quite a long time. Just, he was kicking his feet and paddling around. This yeah. dragonfly never left. Like wow. from hovering over with us. Guys. Oh, it hung, hung out, out with, with us the whole day. And so yeah. we thought it was funny and we kind of both kept, you know, he'd always point out, he's like, mom, the dragonfly's still there. Then we'd get back on the boat for a while. And um, later on, you know, an hour later, we'd get hot and we'd jump back in. Here comes the dragonfly. Wow. And it, w- it would h- hang out with us the whole time. And it was her, you know, kind of bright turquoisey blue. And so in my mind, I mean, I didn't tell Wyatt, but I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, I'm like, maybe this is Rowan here just hanging out with us while we're, you know, playing on the pontoon yeah. boat and in the yeah. water and um, that's how I just kind of felt like it was maybe her saying like, I'm with you guys. Um, wow. yeah. So that was my dragonfly story. That's pretty awesome. It's not I, like she sends me dragonflies all yeah, the time, but yeah. it was that circumstance where I yeah. felt like maybe this turquoise dragonfly is Rowan, you know, swimming with us in the water Absolutely. right now because well, she loved the boat and she, oh you know, goodness. she was a little water bug too. So yeah. I just kind of felt like that was her and. This dragonfly hung out with us kind of the whole day. Yeah. Then we were all talking about it. I'm like, Papa, do you see this dragonfly just following us around? He's like, yeah, I do. And yep, yeah. every time we'd stop the boat, this dragonfly <laughs> would be there. Yeah, that's awesome. It was pretty crazy. I think that was her. Oh, I do too. I think you're I think absolutely they, correct. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And then when you get those feelings, and I feel like you validate it um, yep. for them, I think that's when you get more signs, yeah. you know? I love I love it when when the parents when you guys talk about the sissy signs I just love it Mm because it's just such a the room is filled with with them like the room is filled with their presence even when you talk about it's very cool yeah oh I love it it's very neat love so thank you for sharing two very cool dragonfly sissy signs thank you yeah awesome. Uh, So let's get to parenting uh, with regards to. you know, either losing someone and having having them no longer here, or they're here. Yeah, and you, you have to go parent as well. Yeah, can you two talk about? In, well, Bryn, we'll talk a little bit. We have another podcast coming up about Rainbow Baby, so we'll 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 oh, yeah Rainbow we'll we'll Baby. table we'll yeah. table a lot of yours, but we'll yeah. talk to, we'll talk to our <laughs> special guests. How was parenting 
the other children uh, while you were going through what you were going through with Heather? Well, if I back up to when my husband died in 2002, because mm-hmm. that was really our, our first loss as a, as a family. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's bad enough for a family to have one loss. And then right. our family had really two yeah, big no losses. Kidding. And um, that's where I started my mistake <laughs> was back when my husband passed because, you know, all these emotions and and I didn't deal with my loss back then because I had two children, 12 and 13, which mm-hmm. were, wow. I mean, it was it was a lot at I that imagine moment. They t- I imagine they took the passing of their dad really hard. Oh, that's my a, gosh. Yes, it was sudden. Age. It was yeah. like, uh, so, you know, I've experienced a loss at both ends, you know, sudden and um, and prolonged. And I I made a mistake, and I can look back now. You know, we... Um, Oh, I don't want to get emotional. It's okay. No, it's, okay. it's not easy to admit you made a mistake. And I really like to use the F word, but I'm being professional. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but I really did make a mistake. I didn't deal with my grief first. Mm-hmm. Again. Um, well, it's I, so foreign. Like, how do you know what you're supposed to do? Nobody knows right and wrong. Yeah, they don't There's have a manual a, for that. Don't. I mean, yeah. not only do we not have a manual for our children, right. Right? right? right. But we don't have a manual when a life event like this happens. You're yep. absolutely right. And so I parented out of grief. And what does that mean? That means that I, I personally mean feel that I didn't handle my emotions. And when you can't, you got to handle your emotions first before you can help anyone else. Right. And because I really wasn't handling my emotions, I don't feel I handled my kids' grief as well as I could as a parent. And I started parenting from grief, which means I, for me, it meant I want to buy you the things that make you feel better. Mm. I want to mm. do the things, um, you know, um, mm-hmm. we went, uh, we did positive things. Don't get me wrong. I mean, we went to Mexico together as a family. We went yeah. on some trips. We, um, you know, I just feel looking back that because I wasn't really handling my emotions well, I wasn't able to support my kids wow. The in a way I feel would have been healthy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that resulted in Heather making some poor choices as she got older. Mm. And I don't know if I shared this in my last I- interview or not, but prior to her accident, July 6th, I had to make a really tough decision. And I had her kidnapped from my home July 6th oh, wow. of no, 2001. I and I had her sent to a um, a youth program. Mm. That was oh, in Colorado, wow. and it was a Dr. Phil recommended program. Mm. I did some research, cool. and, you know, you got to go with Dr. Phil because he knows what he's got going on. <laughs> and I uh, cashed out my retirement, and my daughter was gone for 16 weeks. Wow. wow. And for my son and I, it was the most beautiful 16 weeks we've ever had together <laughs> yeah. because my daughter is oh, lovely as she is. She was really causing a lot of turmoil in our house because oh. she was not in a strong place. Yeah. And she was making poor decisions, and that was affecting all of mm-hmm. us. And when Heather came back, she was a senior at Rainer High School. She came back October 31st, and that woman had changed. Oh. And she never shared with me that she was thankful that I made that choice for her. 
But she did share it with Mariah, who was her young life leader here with Highway 507. Yeah. And Mariah shared that with me. So um, Heather was on track to graduate. She wanted to become a trauma nurse yeah. wow. because she loved coming to visit Mama in the ER and yeah. the energy and the experience. And, yeah. and um, so she was on course, even though um, I made this choice for her and it took her away from school um she was on track to graduate and she had it really um together more than ever and then wow. poof yeah yeah and march 23rd yeah and so you had um as you're as you're helping her day to day which is very much like you said you have some nurses there but you're also caring for her too you're you're a self-described helicopter parent at this time <laughs> um how are you budgeting your time for, with 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 everybody else that you it was really difficult because when heather got in her accident my son had a really hard time mm -hmm. connecting he came up to harborview once and it i i can truly look back now and just see that it was really painful for him yeah. even just to sit there in her room he just we didn't like it no he yeah. couldn't he was having a really hard time dealing with it and so is he younger or older? He is 16 months younger. Oh, yes. Okay. And so as a result, when I brought her home, <laughs> he felt and just for a side record, I actually spoke with him today and wanted to know if it was okay if I shared uh, yeah, this information. Yeah. Yeah. Um and he felt I chose my daughter over him. Oh wow. He moved wow, out. Wow. He moved oh, out at wow. the age of 16. Yeah. He moved in with a beautiful family in Rainier, and um, he, we had a really hard time connecting with mm -hmm. each other yeah. because he didn't honor the choices I had made to support his sister, yeah. and he was battling with his own grief right. and yeah. his own um, situation. And, you know, um, I have realized now um, as a mom— that we really have to learn how to teach our children how to deal with pain. Yeah. Because we experience pain in a lot of different levels throughout our whole life, not just this great pain of losing someone, mm -hmm. but, you know, the loss of a relationship or a goal mm -hmm. or somebody hurting your feelings because they said something. And I, I didn't realize the importance of teaching my kids how to deal with pain. And so as a result... Um, my son turned to an addiction, mm. and he has been battling addiction on and off um, for, I'm going to say, almost 15 years. Yeah. Wow. And yeah. Um, I'm proud to say that on Heather's birthday, June 8th of this year, he came to me, and he said he was ready. Mm, good, oh, wow. good. Um, to make a change. And so um, we immediately took action and he's never asked for support yeah. or help at that level. And he was willing to go to an inpatient program and through battlefield addiction, um, we were able to get him connected and he just, um, he's been three months clean hey, there and you go. sober. And um, he has a great job, which values him. And they set his job aside for him while he was taking care of himself awesome. Awesome. and just some really great doors are opening for him and his he's learning how to process his pain and he's Good. learning tools that i wish i could have taught him yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Years ago, but yeah. I didn't have the tools, mm-hmm. and and you don't know what you don't know. Right, right. So yeah. learning now. <laughs> and that's yeah. part of his journey, though, too. It is so, part of his journey. You know, maybe maybe you weren't supposed to because maybe this is a part of his story and his journey that yeah. he can create something beautiful out of it. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. And maybe even with his life, support other people that are um, Mm -hmm. needing some, needing to see that you can survive. You can make a choice. So uh, I think we hit on the, I think we hit on the guilt question. So the only, the final question I have for you is, is there anything else you'd like to share with folks who may be going through something like you experienced where they are taking care of a loved one that they know they know what the conclusion is, right? Sure. And they're having these feelings come on. And you want to share any sort of last words for folks? Sure, I would love to. Um, I know that, um, especially as a mom, you know, uh, go go mode. That I'm invincible. I can do this. But looking back now, um, with managing um, my beautiful daughter, when you actually take a moment to take care of yourself and step away, you ultimately are benefiting that person that you are supporting. And that wasn't easy for me to see. And it wasn't easy to understand that, um, that I'm just as important as everybody else and I need to be taken care of. And nobody's going to do it. Nobody's going to take care of you for you. You have to actually make the choice and you have to actually understand the value of getting enough sleep, stepping away and getting a break. Um, And as I'm teaching caregivers, I mean, it was one of my caregivers, Sonia. um, uh, She was my caregiver from Rainier from the day one till the very last day Heather was on the planet. She's the only caregiver that stayed with us the whole time. And I often tell this story because it, I wasn't a helicopter mom forever. Let's just clarify that, okay? <laughs> okay? Because this message is what prevented me from being a helicopter mom. And I'm pretty sure I must have been helicoptering at the moment because Sonia... Because <laughs> it's what prompted the message? Yes, I think it's what prompted the message. And Sonia very clearly said, Tracy, yes do you trust me working with your daughter? And I'm like, of course I do. I trained you. And she goes, well, um, do you have a cell phone? And I'm like, well, yeah, duh. Mm -hmm. And she goes, okay, I need you to do something for me. And I'm like, yes, what is it? She goes, I need you to get out of here. (laughs) Heather and I got this. (laughs) Heather and I got this. If I need you, I'll call you. But I'm here to relieve you. And I wasn't allowing that to happen. And so the minute I realized, I almost got permission from Sonia and Heather to get the beep out of the house. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. You're right. I trust you. I trusted (laughs) all of my ladies. And they were there to give me that break. And they were there to give Heather that different energy, that different touch, that different way of doing things that she valued as well. Oh, yeah. So it was just something that I realized if you are out there taking care of someone that you love, Give them a gift of taking care of yourself because then your cup is going to be full. You're going to be able to deliver care from a different place than if you're burning the wick of your candle all the time. So that would be my piece of advice. That's great. Don't allow guilt to prevent you from taking care of meeting your own needs. Because Heather needed me to be able to support her. And if... 
I didn't have that realization. I probably have a great example of a young lady who was taking care of her husband and she kept putting off her self-care. I'll take care of myself when my husband dies. Mm -hmm. Well, she died before her husband. Wow. Because she was burning the wick at all ends. And um, it was a prayer for me to have Heather leave before I did. I literally asked the Lord to... To send her home yeah. before I left because I knew I could handle her leaving, but I don't know how well she would have handled me not being there. Wow. And yeah. so I always tried to make sure once I had that realization that I was taking care of myself because I wanted to outlive my daughter oh. yep. because that's what gives me peace. Yeah knowing that she is on the other side and yeah. that she is always walking with me. Not in physical yeah. form, but in whatever form they take, just like your beautiful little miss, too. Yeah. Mm. Wow, Tracy, you are, <laughs> you're a tough lady. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you definitely, yeah. I, I mean, I could listen to you talk for yeah. a long time. You, you live up to good, the warrior. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You're good. I'm a work in progress, but I'm so That's thankful that I've been able to move through my grief. Mm-hmm. Because if I was stuck somewhere, I don't know that I'd be able to have the wisdom I do now. Right. Of yeah. course. Mm. Yeah. And to help others that you're mm. helping now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You're, yeah. You're, you're a tough one. You're a fighter. Good job. I am a tough cookie. Good job. <laughs> that cries every day. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah, it, it is, is okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes, you can be is. tough and do that. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Bella. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, well, Tracy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate you coming on again and, and, uh, and sharing your story. Thank you. I really appreciate you having me and it really makes me feel valued. Awesome. And it makes my suffering and pain just feel worth it when you can yeah. share it with somebody else and hope that it touches their life differently. Yeah. So thank yeah. you. Thank yes. you. Thank you. All right. And now we are back. Great interview from Tracy. I have to tell you, one of the ones that I found really interesting was the idea of a parenting out of guilt. She One of the conversations I found really interesting was how you and her, how you and her talked about your experiences because yours is so much different. They're so different. Than hers. Yeah. And how much more immediate yours is and how much hers was like a glide path almost and to, to the to the to the end. But how there are still these inevitable yeah. commonalities between the two of you. Man, it hit me it hit me really hard when she, you know, kinda got emotional and said that she couldn't imagine, you know, being in my shoes and going right. through what I've gone through. And what really hit me so hard is I feel the same way about her situation is I'm like, wow, I don't think I could ever handle going through what she's gone through. So it, yeah, it's like we've both, we've both experienced uh, trauma and, and severe loss and experienced grief, but both of us openly have been able to share, like, I can't go, I couldn't go through what you went through. Yeah. Wasn't that, wasn't that crazy? Isn't that weird? That was so weird because you were almost like, I couldn't imagine. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh no, oh no, this was, yours was much worse than, it was unbelievable. Like how, Mm -hmm. uh, how the two of you, yeah, that was just great. I also really appreciate and admire in her, her opening up and sharing, you know, the things, you know, that she feels like she made mistakes with in the mm-hmm. past when she was parenting through yep. that time. And that is such a big, strong person to be able to admit your faults and um, 
very admirable because we're all learning as we go. That's right. Nobody gives you the handbook like we talked about yep. um, with grief or parenting or any of it. So doing both at the same time is really, really hard. And I am thankful that she shared those yeah. things that she felt she could have done better or, you know, mistakes she made because guess what? We're not perfect. Yep. But her sharing that hopefully will help one of our listeners out there you know, avoid those, those things, That's right. you know, because yep. we're all just doing the best we can. Yep. And that is one of the reasons we share this podcast is because we're hoping we can give you the tools to navigate through this crazy grief stricken, you know, world after child loss. Yeah. And we're just hoping that we can help inspire or teach you a few things or a few tricks to help you get through. So I loved hearing those moments from Tracy yeah. because she was like teaching me things along the way because we all learn from one another going through this. So yeah. Tracy, yeah. thank you. You're so knowledgeable. I always really enjoy listening to um, everything that you have to say. Yep. Tracy kicks off um, a set of podcasts that will be coming up of some of the toughest people I've ever met. Yeah. Uh, between her and a, a Samantha, who you'll hear from in in a couple of weeks, uh, just some of the, the it's true the uh, toughest warriors you'll ever meet. People who get off the mat after things that you just cannot imagine mm -hmm. going through. So you watch for that. The other thing that happens as of next week is we're just doing it. We're kicking off a, a new sweet themed month here on the Angel Talk podcast. It's called Rainbow Baby Month. It's yes. going to be awesome. It's it's a series of podcasts that talk about rainbow babies. So first, Bryn, can you explain what a rainbow baby is and then talk about our first guest and why she's kind of cool and important? Yes. Yeah, so a rainbow baby is actually the term for a child born after a family has previously lost one of their children. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we lose children in so many ways, miscarriage, stillbirth, or, you know, an accident. And then, you know, we usually have a lot of fears and strong feelings after we get pregnant again. Mm -hmm. um, and it can be pretty impactful in our journey, but, um, rainbow babies also bring so much joy. They're not just all stress and, you know, fear based. We have so much hope and joy when we get pregnant with that next life and yeah. they bring so much light into our homes and our hearts. And we want to focus a whole month on that because, um, I know in my journey, it has been hugely impactful in my healing to have a rainbow baby myself. Yeah. And I, I've met some really great families along the way that would love to share their journey as well. Yeah. We have a special guest coming and she is actually an author and she wrote a book called mommy says I have a brother. And, um, she wrote this in honor of Grayson, her son that had passed away, but she wrote this book for her angel baby. And it is by Stephanie Resendez. And, um, we're going to highlight her. She will be our first guest for rainbow, rainbow baby month. month. Yes. Yes. So we're excited to have her. And so tune in and we will have her coming next week. Very cool. Very cool. I'm very excited about rainbow baby month. It always is one. I, I, I love when, um, folks, who have lost a child mm -hmm. talk about the the child that the rainbow baby that was born after because there's just so much like passion and love yeah there's just so yeah. much like appreciate you said it you, mm -hmm. you said it multiple times appreciate the little things 
that happens all the time with the rainbow babies. Yeah. Plus, I love I love the babies. It's like so a fun. little gift. Yeah. It's very cool. Very cool. So yes. stay tuned. So for the next uh, after after this week for the next month, we'll be doing Rainbow Baby Month. Uh, that was this week's podcast with Tracy Carly. We want to thank uh, the warrior for coming on again, sharing yes. her wisdom with us. We will definitely have her on again. I mean, people download her podcast like nobody's business. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. Yeah. So thank you, Tracy, again, and we will talk to you guys next week. Yes.